Simon Bridges is a long-serving MP of 13 years for the Tauranga electorate. He was cabinet minister in the 51st New Zealand Parliament and is a former National Party leader. Simon joins us today on the Taxpayer Talk podcast for a discussion on a wide range of topics. Simon, thanks for coming on the show. Hey Max, really good to be with you. Now, shortly after we arranged this interview, very shortly, in fact, you announced that you have a political memoir on the horizon. So with that in mind, I went back and watched your maiden speech from 2008. So I thought I'd ask you a few questions about your ideals and your goals from then. Well, I feel like I have to ask you if you liked my maiden speech or... Oh, no, it was very very good. It was, I think you can probably confidently say that your values, um, you haven't shifted on them. Yeah, I think that's right. I think that's right. And that's that's slightly... um, that's both great and a little bit depressing in a way because uh, you do want to make sure, feel that, you know, as, as times change and context change, you, you know, you're not just stuck in the in the mud, if you like. But, yeah, I, I said back then, I think something along the lines of, you know, I'm economically reasonably dry, uh, socially relatively convert, conservative, uh, not unthinkingly so. So I think you're right, my, my basic um, positioning uh, politically hasn't, changed i um i believed what i believed then and i still do yeah. i think it's a very impressive you know there's definitely this idea that in politics you really have to sell your soul in some aspect you know it always is refreshing to be able to go back and watch an mp's original statements to parliament and see that they haven't shifted too far from that ground but in your maiden speech you spoke about the strong impact you feel of family history and values <laughs> And in particular, your religious values must be of great significance to you. And recently, your colleague, uh, the MP Chris Luxon, was criticized for what seemed to me as an atheist to be a very well articulated and honest defense of the role of his faith in public life. Um, how do you see the role of religion in politics and on politicians in 2021? Yeah, well, look, you're right. Um, it's it's there, you know, I think, lightly mm-hmm. uh, in, in my maiden speech. And it's still, you know, a part of... Um, who I uh, am. Um, I, th- I think what is true is it's very much against the zeitgeist of uh, the times. Um, and, you know, what worries me, and it's not just for Christians in New Zealand, um, it, it, it's a broader point that, that I would, would make, is we, we, we live in a society that, in, you know, I know these words get overused, but that mm-hmm. has a, has a, has a, has a cancelling culture, if you will, and where people are becoming, um, dare I say, parts, aspects of the government, I don't, I don't mean that particularly politically, um, are becoming increasingly intolerant in the name of tolerance. And I believe, um, you know, whether it's Christianity, whether it's hate speech, whether it's a bunch of the cultural issues we're facing in New Zealand, um, that we live in a, 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 a democratic pluralistic society and that's a big fancy word but you know fundamentally what I mean by that is different folks different groups are allowed different views you know what even if they're um, incommensurate if you like they're, they're, they're uh, even offensive to other people um, uh, that that's it's, it's about keeping those uh, groups uh, uh, able to be free providing they're not harming anyone else and you may have seen there was a controversy recently um, around a, a, a Christian event I held at Parliament. Mm-hmm. Effectively needed to be a sponsor for this event and uh, it had been Alfred Murrow for their past events and it became me. Um, I, I thought it was very disappointing that the intolerance around that. Look, at the end, um, d- different groups should be able to come to their Parliament, whether they're 
Christian, Muslim, Baha'i, atheist, you you name it. Uh, Very interesting because that leads into the next question I was going to ask because back in your maiden speech, you advocated against in the courtroom uh, what you saw as unfair treatment of uh, victims in particular. Um, And I was going to ask if you felt in the court of public opinion, if you perhaps gotten a little bit more than what you wished for. Um, (laughs) But I see... uh, Sometimes. Yes, uh, sometimes. Certainly, I feel there's definitely a push towards judge, jury and executioner from certain people with blue check marks on Twitter. I think that's right. But look, you know what? That's that's not going to change me. Um, yeah. I I, uh, I I don't mind being a um, uh, against the tide at a level against the zeitgeist. I think um, you know. Actually, another thought that occurs to me. I said to you before I made the speech. I said something along the lines of being reasonably conservative. Um, well, that's true. But what what? I also think today, 2021, mm-hmm. is that in a sense, old style, slightly conservatives like myself are the new liberals because actually um, I feel like uh, uh, colleagues in the National Party yeah, and the ACT Party as well, we, we, we're there standing up for um, that, that, that liberal, democratic, pluralistic, uh, yeah, exactly, uh, uh, a society where people can have totally different views, providing they're not inciting violence and so on. Um, That's the sort of society, free society that we want. No, I couldn't agree more. Um, Now, you've stated uh, on the cover of the book, I think, um, that the forthcoming memoir is not a political book or a a pitch to reassume leadership of the party. So if that's true, um, are you looking to retire? And um, if not, what's keeping you in politics? What what are your policy ideas that you're looking to push forward if you're looking to remain? Yeah, I mean... (laughs) I love politics. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I can't remember if I said this in my maiden speech. I should stop harking back to it. But <laughs> you started it, so it's your <laughs> fault. But but um, you know, I um, I am unusual in as much as uh, I joined the National Party early at sixteen. I'll be coming up so since thirty years as a member of the National Party, which for forty four year old isn't bad uh, going. No one else in my family was political. So what I'm just saying to you is I, I like politics. It's mm-hmm. it's um, it's debates, it's ideas, it's the big stuff that matter um, and it feels significant. And uh, some of that is altruistic on my part, but there's also a selfish part of me. It's, you know, I like being part of the action uh, and the place where, as we are right now in Parliament, the place that matters and that uh, and that uh, that you can make a real difference, both for good and for ill, and I hope for good uh, in our country. So I still, I've still got that fire. I still like it. Uh, I still want to be, um, uh, you, you know, doing something significant that uh, that, that that helps the society. Uh, you mentioned my 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 religious beliefs. You know, I think. That is also part of it. You know, my father was a Baptist minister. I, um, in a sense, because of my faith, have a sense of public service. I was a Crown prosecutor. Um, you know, I liked that. I liked doing something I felt had a, a public significance greater than myself, and that's true also as a member of parliament. I, I've got a lot of ideas. Um, I, I could probably, and I'm not going to tell you them all because if I did, I'd have to kill you. But and I wouldn't do that because you know, I'd end up in jail and that'd be no good. But uh, I, I could probably go with about half a dozen members' bills uh, any day of the week. I've yep. got a few, few thoughts there. I, I'll give you one actually um, because we've just been talking about it around freedom of speech. Uh-huh. There's some areas there where we could um, do a fair bit more to ensure that 
cancel culture doesn't win out, that people are allowed unpopular views against the grain of the uh, um, of the times. And uh, so that's something I'm I'm thinking about, whether it's my next member's bill or not. Um, and look, economically, I, I like you, I suspect, given that you work for the taxpayers' union, I believe in smaller government, you know, not ridiculously so. I'm the product of a great education and health system that were public, but, you know, actually good, careful, smaller government, not just growing the government at the expense of uh, New Zealanders. And so... I have a bill in the members, a ballot, uh, as you'll know, um, about tax indexation. And that, in a very small way, is uh, a contribution to that um, that line of thing. So uh, you do have the bill, um, the members' ballot, uh, currently into end income tax bracket creep. Could you just give us the elevator pitch? Pretty simple, actually. I, I don't think, having just said, you know, about small government, I think in the end, this is a bill that what amazed me when I ran it as leader of the opposition mm-hmm. and put forward the arguments, most people could buy buy into. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not particularly, and shouldn't be left or right, it's a good hygiene, if you like. It's like getting up in the yeah. morning and wearing some deodorant, right? I mean, everyone, regardless of who they are, what they are, should sort of do that, right? Um it's sort of not actually either about big or smaller government, although I think it helps stem the, the, the rise of big government, if you like. It does two or three things. As you have inflation, cost of living increases, yet people are earning a bit more, but they're also paying more. Um, it, it prevents you slipping just inexorably into that upper bracket of tax. And so you, it allows you to be able to keep your disposable income rather than see more of it sucked into tax. So it is fair, it is right, um, and as I say, with your left or right, you should want to do that. The second thing um, I think that it does is it, it ensures that government's not just growing by stealth, right? The, 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 this uh, um, lack of de- dealing with bracket creep means the government over time is taking many, many billions of dollars more into its big centre's sack and growing the share of the state um, uh, 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 to the expense of of New Zealanders, right? And so when we want to deal with that tax increase by stealth, um, and that, that's a that's a normative, if you like, reason uh, for for doing this. But you want an elevated pitch, so I should have kept it short, but let me just say this one <laughs> other thing. I mean, there's one other point I'd make. Uh-huh. It, it, it's, it's before Parliament. It's going to get voted on at first reading sometime in the next wee while. Um, Grant Robertson, I suspect, sadly, is going to, um, as you know, uh, one of the bosses of the Labour Party, see it voted down. Why? And he will do that on the basis of, well, it's a cost of you know, six, seven, eight, nine hundred million dollars uh, a year to the Crown. That's not true, though. Actually, all it is is the absence of more. If you like, right? It, it, it is it is yep. it is more that he's getting that he won't be. And, and the other point I'd make on this: in a government that said it wouldn't increase taxes, it's given us a higher tax bracket uh, at one hundred and eighty thousand. Um, that has um, done the interest uh, deductibility stuff. Just in those measures alone, they are pulling in more additional tax than this would in quotes cost. So I don't think they're good arguments. When cost of living is increasing, people are finding it tougher. Um, those are primary reasons for voting for this bill. Um, and I, and I, I hope I'm wrong. I hope that Labor does.
No, uh, well, I look forward to you making those arguments on the floor. Um, but switching to Tauranga for now, your former colleague, Anne Tolley, is now the chair of the commission in Tauranga. And whilst initially you seem pretty pleased with the appointment, some of her decisions, the rate hike, the establishment of Maori wards, must have been relatively tough to swallow, particularly as the MP for Tauranga. What's your current opinion on the commission? Yeah, um, they are really good people. So the government is, as they often are, being shrewd in their personnel appointments. Uh-huh. Right. That said, and I've made this clear to my friend and former colleague, Ian Tolley, mm-hmm. I don't agree in principle with commissioners and the getting rid of an, elect, an elected council for an unelected, effectively Labour Party uh, board. And I say that simply because uh, um, without elected councillors, that's what we've got as a Labour government-appointed uh, council here. And so in principle, it's wrong. I don't think it was necessary. I think it was o- overreach. Um and then I suppose it really comes down to rates and results. And uh, uh, actually, I think what we're going to see, um, they've signaled this as very significant rate increases. Personally, and this probably isn't quite the taxpayer union position or indeed the position of a greats uh, set up, which is you know, Tauranga Rates Payers Association in, in Tauranga. Um, I am not in principle against rate increases, right, uh-huh. per se. But they have to deliver results. We have to be very mindful that in a place like Tauranga, but actually anywhere in New Zealand, you've got a lot of folk, okay, they're sitting on decent properties, but they're on fixed incomes. And if you just pile on more rates increase, it makes it a lot more difficult for them, particularly if there's nothing really happening for that rate increase. And I'm frankly pretty cynical because the big issues for Tauranga, housing, uh, and transport, uh, for the most part, it doesn't really matter if, if, if council increases rates 150%, yep. 200%. Yep. They are not going to have the money from that increase to deal with the big roading projects, the big housing projects. Which, by the way, my sort of back of the envelope sort of calculations uh-huh. would be six, seven billion dollars worth, right? Yep. So, what is the purpose of rate increases if it's just more pen pushes? Tauranga City Council earning you know over a hundred grand a year to actually make it more difficult for developers, for business people, and so on. Uh, I'm not into that. No, of course not. Um, and you just mentioned the Tauranga Ratepayers Alliance, and in a short time, I believe you'll be the keynote speaker at the newly formed TRA. What's your message to the crowd likely to be? I'm really excited about it. I think it's fantastic we've got both the TRA and the Taxpayers Union who are showing some leadership here. In the end, between them and me, if we don't stand up and hold uh, this unelected uh, Labour Party uh, commission uh, instead of an elected council to account, no one else is going to, right? Uh, but frankly, uh, not the Labour list MPs, uh, not, the, not the media, uh, with all due respect to the media, it's only uh, us. And so it's a very important role. Um, I'll make some points about rates and uh, results uh, that, I've, that I've mentioned to you and what I see council's role as. Um, but there's huge common ground between me and the, um, the, the TRA. And uh, you know, I'll be effectively just singing from the rooftops my uh, celebration and my thanks that it's been set up.
I'm sure we'll all appreciate that quite a lot. And on the on the topic of the uh, the media and the free speech, like we've been talking about the market of ideas, the apparent left-leaning direction of our state-run media, RNZ, and more widely, a lot of the more commercially owned uh, media, does that concern you? Um, yes, in, 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 a, in a couple of regards. Uh, firstly, one thing I'm concerned about that Chris Farfoy as Minister of Broadcasting seems hell-bent to go on with as a former TVNZ uh, uh, reporter is the merger amalgamation yep. of RNZ and TVNZ. That worries me. Um, I think what we will have is one big, I was going to say all-powerful, that's an overstreet, but powerful monolith, if you like, um, on our media landscape. Um, and what we actually need is a diversity, let me use the word again, plurality of voices. Um and, and that one big voice with so much power, as I say, I, I, I think is a concern, particularly in a pretty messy media market where the other ones, um, to lesser or greater extent, are struggling right in the modern media uh, market. That's just my second very brief point, and that's this. Um, yes, we're a small democracy, but we have got a proud media tradition. And if you compare us to the... Uh, UK's, the US's, even Aussie, and I'm not saying they're perfect, but they have a real spectrum of media content. And the concern in New Zealand is, in politics actually, not, not, not just in the media, in all manner of areas, we can get ourselves into a bit of complacent groupthink. And, and, and that's what I worry about with the media. I, I want to say, I, I encourage and support as a politician anything that. Uh, creates more diversity of views, not a, not a sort of a, 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 a narrowing down into this uh, very kind of, dare I say it, Graylin, uh, Wadestown kind of uh, group think that, that we, we can be, I, I don't, there's, there's always admirable exceptions, but we can be a bit in danger of having in our New Zealand media scene if we're not careful. On this, on this idea, this concept of amalgamation, we've got the amalgamation of the DHBs, um, we've got the amalgamation of Polytechnics, we've got the amalgamation of potential amalgamation of RNZ and TVNZ, um, we've got some, uh, I think, uh, the unions really beginning to uh, flex their muscles, um, particularly in regards to the latest public sector pay freeze. How Muldoonish do you see this current government becoming? Uh you know, they will never see themselves at that, right? And at one level, okay, it's not a perfect comparison because Muldoon had his sort of big um, mongrel-like sort of persona. Um, um, it could be, I think, um, a bit of a bully on the scene. And, and that's not how people would describe Jacinda or even Grant. But in the actions, you think about the Reserve Bank and some of the things going on there and, and, and various just changes Grant Robertson is making, um, the name does fit the, 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 the description, does fit the reality of what is happening. Um, I'm, of course, distrustful of centralisation. Um, I, uh, I think it is one, there's not many unifying themes for this government, but there's one unifying theme there uh, that we'd see. Um, I, I, I think structural change often times doesn't achieve what uh, people want it to, whatever it the content of it is. So I'm, I'm just saying be wary of structural changes. Uh, secondly, um, the point I would make is I was on the Super City Select Committee uh, a long time again that, ago that, that put together the um, 
the Auckland super city. And the theory was amazing, right? We were going to get these seven waka, that is councils all over Auckland, and we were going to put them all together. And instead of waka rowing in different directions, they would all row in one direction. It would be wonderful and there'd be cost efficiencies and more effectiveness and so on. Well, the opposite fundamentally has happened, right? You've got yeah, a bigger bloated council with more cost. And so that's that's a big part of why I'm distrustful of centralisation. I, I, I suspect under a Labour government, it will result inevitably in more bureaucrats in Wellington pushing around paper rather than decent frontline services and improvement of frontline services in, in our health system. And by the way, um, the status quo isn't good enough either, so accept a case for some change. But I just think um, centralisation... Uh, and implementation by this Labour government is going to be something we'll, um, we'll look back and say, you know what, that, that didn't work. How have you found your uh, the change in how you've been treated by the media or perhaps more widely even the public since stepping down as leader? Well, it's a funny thing, isn't it? It's like a, uh, you know, it's like a cocoon turning into a butterfly or something, isn't it? I've had a, yeah. some, something of a metamorphosis. And that's, um, and yeah, Renee, and, and, you know, I don't, been to be glib with that, I still get a hard time from time to time. Um, but you know what? What is true, I think, is is the weight of responsibility of being leader of the National Party. Uh, it came off my shoulders. I was free to, you know, have some fun, uh, have some fun on social media. You know, people uh, talk about the yaks, but it wasn't just the yaks. Actually, an amazing thing about my social media in twenty twenty is thirteen of my top twenty posts. Uh, in, I was looking at this the other week, uh, in 2020, we're post being leader, yeah. right? So it shows you the power of social media in a way it can, of course. It can, it can knock you down, but it can also uh, build, build you up. Um, you know, I love what I do. Um, I'm passionate about it and, and I'm enjoying myself. Uh, reality is I've gone from many years now, actually in parliament, um, Climbing the greasy pole, yeah. uh, hundred hours a week um, yeah. to you know a good half of that, and um, you know, I'm still working. I'm still busy in Tauranga. I've still got my projects, my members' bills, various other little projects that I'm working on. Uh, but um, more time, family, and uh, yeah, life's great. It was very good to hear. Well, on that topic about just how long you've been in Parliament, so you've been in politics in Parliament for about 13 years. You've been a minister and a party leader, and all throughout it you've been the electorate MP for Tauranga. If we could just for just for one answer, just leave humility and the, all the regular platitudes just at the door. What's the secret to your success in New Zealand politics? What makes Simon Bridges stand out from the rest of the crowd? Oh, I think it's true. Kind, but I think it's um, I think it's just hard work and dedication. Um, people have different uh, different ways to get ahead. I, you know, I like the old saying that um, uh, the, the the harder I work, the luckier I become. And um, I think it's truth in that. I think you know, I've I've always been a sort of a, a, a pedantic guy who who you know will dot the i's and cross the t's and make sure I'm doing a good job on things. And sometimes that's a bit intense, and sometimes people don't like that because you know it's it's a niggle uh, at them. But that was how I did things as leader of the opposition. And um, whilst I got more time on my hands, still how I run things. So I think it's you know it's not skill, it's not beauty, uh, it's not brains. It's um, good old fashioned hard work. 
All right. And uh, to finish up, we've got some quick fire questions. Um, so your favorite tax? My favorite tax? Yeah, I'm going to say the one that actually most New Zealanders hate the most. So uh-huh. that someone's going to, you know, but like I said, I'm no longer leader. So whatever. Um, I'm going to say GST just uh-huh. because, you know, it, it is a uh, it, it is a consumption tax. It hits everyone. Um, uh, drug dealers through mongrel mob through you know it, it's and uh, I'm going to go with GST I think All it's right. actually served New Zealand well and your least favourite gee this is this wasn't meant to be this hard I just feel like I just feel like the the the, the left are going to get hold of this one day and say hey Singham tax but you know I I think I think um, I think uh, significant um, and uh, uh, Significant income taxes that are aggressive um, uh, worry me. I, 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 you know, it's no secret. I'm a right winger. Uh, I am dry economically. I, I think if we could see taxes come down, both in income and corporate, and this is not party policy. I'm just yeah. saying, but, but you, you do that, you you create a more successful um, dynamic, not just economy but society. Donald Trump, people love to hate him, but mm-hmm. he did sort of get one thing right. And get spending under control to be fair, but but you know uh, his regulation busting and tax relief um, have stood the U.S. economy in very good stead. It's a very strong, it's very dynamic, and um, New Zealand could do, I think, with a, a bit of a dose more of, of that sort of uh, not Donald Trump mentality, but you know smaller government allowing a more dynamic private sector mentality. I see. Um, Sorry, you said quick fly. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know, you can't, no, you can't expect that on inside. a deep, deep stuff like no, tax here. Of course not. <laughs> I'm sure our listeners will appreciate it. Um, and now, little section underrated or overrated. So you just, right. I'll throw something out there and then you pick it up and tell me what you think. Mount Monganui, underrated or overrated? Uh, underrated. I mean, underrated? It's underrated. It's the best. I mean, name one better beach than Mount Monganui. I mean, it literally. Has it all. It is a beautiful, long, white sand, good surf beach. Five eyes. Five eyes, underrated. Underrated? underrated. You expand? Yeah, I, I just think, look, um, yep, I appreciate again, it seems to be this cosy consensus, or as I've said before, group think around five eyes in, in New Zealand that, oh, no, we, we should be independent. It should stick to its knitting. Um, I, I, I share a view that, you know, our, our old friends are good friends, and um, at times like this, where the world is more uncertain and dangerous, um, we want those good old friends. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, Twitter, underrated or overrated? Uh, <laughs> overrated. Overrated. Yeah, look, it's it's a it's a dirty, feral old place, isn't it? <laughs> we know we know that. But but it, it is a good way to just remind um, the uh, the Wokarati that you're still alive. Very true. MMP. Oh, I'm neither over or under. I, actually, because I tell you, I'm a. I've been a very, very slow convert to MMP. If you asked me even a decade ago, I would have been like, nah. Um, I, I was actually in favour of a supplementary member once we got rid of first past the post, uh-huh. sort of a hybrid in a way between FPP and MMP. Um, but you know what? It's a system we've got. It does work, um, and uh, I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't muck around with it these days. And finally, daylight savings, underrated or overrated? <laughs> um, 
I'm going to go again. I think I've got this in the core of public opinion wrong on every answer, but I'm going to go underrated. I like right. a good daylight savings. It's not a big deal for me to set my clock back or forward or, you know. Yeah, fair enough. An extra hour sleep, one hour less sleep. But for that sort of change in the, in the way things are for a while, I, I like that. Well, Simon, thank you very much for being on the podcast. Uh, the Taxpayer Talk podcast is made possible by the tens of thousands of New Zealanders who join or support the Taxpayers Union at taxpayers.org.nz. Constructive feedback is welcome via podcast at taxpayers.org.nz. And don't forget to hit subscribe or even give us a five-star review on your favorite podcast app. 